I'm Emily. I'm Christine. And today, we're talking about movies, aren't we? We are, which is a departure from what we usually talk about. Well, I mean, we, you know, off-camera stuff, we were talking about back pain, so that's... Back pain. You know, that's how exciting we are. Like the hip young ladies we are. (laughs) Hip! Don't hurt your hip. I was trying to make a pun (laughs) out of hip, but I wasn't... No, it was good. You know, it's, it's Friday, and like, my mind never works as good on Fridays. I'm just not as uh, sharp with the punning, but we'll see. We've we've got two movies that I think lend themselves to puns, so we'll see if they come out. What are those <laughs> movies, Christine? We are covering um, this year's I, Tanya and No, 2017 yep. now. What year is it, everyone? Oh, yeah. I last year's I, Tanya And um, when did... Um... 2016's. Oh, okay, 2016's Colossal. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm, I am excited to discuss these movies. As am I. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about these movies, what other mm-hmm. movies you've been watching? Well, I'll tell you about the other movies. Um, there's not that many of them, which is good, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, I rewatched Bram Stoker's Dracula, because why not, right? Yeah, Where where do you stand on that movie? Well, like, I was, I would say, mildly obsessed with it when I was younger. Sure. Um, my, I have a tattoo that's actually like that, that Dracula face with the two wolves on the side. Nice. I don't think I knew that. It's like, that was on the, that was on the poster. It was on the cover of the, it's the cover of the, v, the VHS. How old am I? I know what you're saying. <laughs> I have VHS. <laughs> you have cover of the VHS. So we know you're fairly old. And it's, it's made to look like, it's like stone. Like a like a carving, nice, nice, and and so I, you know, I was kind of obsessed with it for a while. I don't know that I've watched it all the way through as like a, you know, a cinephile, as it were. Mm. Um, so this is like the first time I sat down with like as a her grown and Christine up and everything, yeah, yeah, and was like, let's watch this. So I guess it's a, a good movie. Um, I think it's a really so beautiful much... movie and a really sexy movie. Oh, for sure, there's so I'm like so beyond nostalgia on this sure. that like the the ways that this has inf- that movie has informed my aesthetic and life is shocking yeah like i'm like oh that must be why i like that oh that must be why like <laughs> what a weirdo i watched it so many times when i, I saw was it young the theater and- when i was 10 really? yeah oh, my parents bless. took me to see everything there, there there's some shit in that movie man oh i know believe me that that is a movie that like I think I feel like a lot of people of our generation probably had sexual awakenings to that movie. I think so too. My mom, for a wicked long time, would only let me watch it on TV because she knew all the stuff was cut yeah. out. There's and you know, yeah. you know how willy nilly she is with stuff. She doesn't mm-hmm. care. <laughs> but this one, she's like, no, no, no. 
you're not going to rent that. We'll watch it when it's on Fox or whatever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so we followed that up with Interview with the Vampire. I don't know. Just felt yeah, on theme. Well, I mean, we, you know, I, I, I'm a big Neil Jordan fan. That's like another movie I have not watched in a while. How did you enjoy that one, watching it now? Um, I, I like it. I, again, I don't. Uh, I guess it's good. It is good. There's really good things in it. There's also really clunky things in it. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise is so good. Yeah. I mean, again, like remember real, real great. <laughs> well, remember like the casting controversy of Tom Cruise and Lestat. <gasps> I know. And he's he is he's good in it. He's so he's he. I like Tom Cruise a lot when he's like over the top dislikable. Yeah. Um, which yes. is kind of why um, I really like him. What is it? Day After Tomorrow? I really like him in that because he's super dislikable as well. Um, and he's just the worst in, in this movie. And it's fun to see him be the worst. Um, I think that's streaming somewhere. I don't know. If you ever feel like, hey, why not? Like, they're they're fun to revisit. Sure. I like the idea that you could pair it with um, uh, Byzantium. That it's kind of like, mm-hmm. here's Neil Jordan doing a male vampire movie and a female vampire movie. Oh, so good. I think about that movie constantly. It's so good. Um, also, when I was, which, of course, I also saw Interview with a Vampire in the theaters. I would have been 11, I think. Um, no. My, another sexual awakening, Antonio Banderas in that movie. He, so, I'm 100% on your team. Fuck Tom Cruise. I've never found Brad Pitt attractive. Obviously, he's an attractive man. I have he can eyes. be attractive. He's not attractive he's not- in Interview with a Vampire. He's not my bag at all. Nope. 100% on the Antonio Banderas train. Oh, yeah. Like, two tickets, please. The moment when he puts his hand over the candle. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yep. <laughs> it's the best. It totally uh, is. So I'm glad, I'm glad we're in agreement on that. Oh, yeah. Um, I watched a movie that I rented from a video store, but I don't know where you would find it, but I want you to watch. It's called Campfire Tales. Oh, my God. It's- With Christine Taylor? Yes! yes! Have you seen yes! it? Because it used to be on like Cinemax all the time. Because this, <laughs> this came, movie is fucking It's weird. an anthology, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I remember the first segment with, um, is it Ron Livingston from Office Space? Is that his name? Yes! Yep. I remember it distinctly because like the story starts and the characters are, are like, because they're telling the story and they say, so this is what happened to my cousins from Long Island. And, and their <laughs> accents are out of control. They have crazy Long Island accents. I knew you would love it. Oh, I just yeah. felt it in my bones. Yep, yep. Um, I don't know if this movie is good. It is such an oddity. Yes. I don't know how it got made. I don't understand the audience for it. And I think it it's came like, out, it was like made and then Urban Legend came out. So then it just ended up going to video, I think. Interesting. Yeah. So like, it's, it, there's like gore in it and there's boobs in it. But like the... The um the stories themselves have like this real innocence to them. Yeah. So it's a real weird juxtaposition. Yep. Um, and then Becky's boyfriend Mark from Roseanne, who was also on Angel, whose yes. real name I can't think of. Oh my god, it Glenn something Irish. Yes. Yeah. He rest in peace. Yes. Um, he's also he's in the last segment of this. What a what a lovely handsome gentleman. Is that, is that the sad. one with the um, girl from the real world and the the choker around her neck? That one. Jeez, Emily, you have a photographic. I memory. do. I remember images and Long Island accents. Yes, Jacinda from the real world. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Of course, I got so excited when I saw her name in the credits that I didn't care what was happening. I was like, That's I'm fair. in. 
Because it was exciting when you had like one person on the real world who actually had talent because she's a decent actress. Yeah, she was in an episode of Millennium also. Anyway, that I'm glad you had seen it. That's yeah. so funny. Um, it was weird. It was like, oh, a 90s horror type movie that I've never even really heard of. So that's why we oh, grabbed yeah. it. Um, I watched a Waco documentary. Ooh, that, any good? That was on, it was on ABC. So it was like that format. It's called Truth and Lies colon waco okay i feel like this is vaguely i've uh, vaguely familiar but i've not seen it it's like it's newer but like they're they're doing that waco like tv yes mini uh, thingy my bob mm-hmm. so we watched it to get ready for that i find that whole thing very upsetting so if you yeah, want to get that's, really that's upset, one. watch that um i finally watched bound have you ever seen bound you know i don't think i have ever seen bound beginning to end um never had seen it it's kind of like one of those movies where, like, like Zach just assumed that I had seen it, and he still had it in his head, so he would reference it. I'd be like, dude, I've, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> it's, it's like, everything's there. Gina Gershon, Jennifer yep. Tilly, like, 90s aesthetics. Yes, the Wachowskis, uh, the Wachowskis like, hot lesbianism. Mm-hmm. And, I, like, I'm here for all of these things, but I had never seen it. So we, we also rented that, and um, <laughs> that movie is so fucking good. <laughs> It's so beautiful and it's shot so interestingly. Hmm. I high recommend it for some some way people have not seen it, which is would be shocking. I mean, I, I owe it a sit down really and watch because I really haven't sat down and watched it beginning to end, and I I will watch it. Like Jennifer Tilly, how, come on with her. Jennifer She's Tilly amazing. Best. She's so good in it too. She should be in everything. Um, also, this is why I. I watch Bride of Chucky way too much because I'm just like, There's I need nothing. to see Jennifer no, Tilly. There's no right amount now. that is too much of that movie. <laughs> um, I don't think you've seen this movie, uh, but it is Baby Driver. I have not uh, seen Baby Driver. What did you think of Baby Driver? I really didn't like it. Interesting. Um, there's some things in it that are okay, but I, I, I don't feel like I was the right audience it seems like, like it's been getting very, um, it's very divisive, that it's very love-hate based on everybody I've heard say anything about it is always like, I really liked it, or I really didn't. Yeah, I would never say don't watch it, mm-hmm. or it's not like, it's not bad, it's really, it looks good, and there are parts of it that are fun, but I don't know, I, I really don't feel like I'm I, I'm the right person for that movie, which okay. is a shame, because uh, like every other you know, Edgar Wright movie before this, I felt like I was the right person for. Mm, interesting. I don't know. The trailer, for, that's why I didn't see it in the theater, because I wasn't really, like, excited about it. And we just waited till we could red box it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, if you see it, I'd be curious. At some point, I will, box. just because I think there's too much. I I worry. I just, I have no desire to see it. Every <laughs> discussion about it made it sound like it was too cool for me. And you know me, yeah. I'm not cool and I have a and I, I don't like feeling not feeling like as if I'm supposed to be, like that I have to be to enjoy the movie. So and I might be I mean, I haven't seen it. I could be yeah. wildly wrong about this, but just every discussion I've heard about it has made me think, eh, I don't know if that's for me. Yeah, I, I felt the same. Um John Ham's really good in it. Well that's the thing, I do love John. I'll watch him do anything, so Yeah, so he's he's good. Um yeah, so what else? Oh, I got drunk and watched Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> That's the only way you should watch the I haven't seen 50 any Shades of them. Movie. Is it... I mean, I, 
I guess my worry for them has been like the Twilight movies where they're so bad and that they're boring and they're not actually fun, even if you want to just watch it and make fun of them. Yeah, 100%. So, but if you're saying this one, you can get, like, you can enjoy it if you're drunk? No, no, no. You just, you don't enjoy it at all. You just, it just happens to you. It's like a wave. It just happens to you. And, and you just, like, you maybe look look over to the side of the TV and then, like, check your phone. And then something happens and you're like, oh, there's a movie on. Okay. That's one way to live your life. Um <laughs> I, we saw the first one in the theater on Valentine's Day. It was like a joke. Um, and then <laughs> that I was is like, a funny I ref- joke. I refused to see this one in the theater. And then the the, the 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 final one is coming out in February. Oh, believe me, I know. Because I've seen every time I've gone to the movies in the last two months or three months, I've seen the trailer for it. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I kind of had... Because we have Movie Pass again, okay. Um, I kind of kicked around the idea of like we should go and see it when it comes out. But of course, I need to be a completist and I need to know what I missed. So that's, we we, that, we watched that reasonable. one. No, I, I understand. It's, it's ridiculous. The movie is ridiculous because of the fact that it is originally fan fiction. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and it, not only fan re- fiction, Twilight fan fiction. It it watches exactly like how a really long kind of aimless thick reads because when people post chat people post fan fiction typically in chapters um as they write it a lot of the times they don't necessarily know how many chapters there's going to be and each chapter kind of has to have its own rise and fall and usually its own sex thing like Mm. if that's what you're doing and the unfortunate thing about these movies is the screenplays mimic that too much there's no like it's not a three act story. There's no rise and fall. There's no arc. It, so it's just like, then they go here and then they go here and that, and there's no ratcheting of tension. Yep. So it feels like an aimless kind of like 80 chapter thick, which is fine, but not doesn't translate to a movie. And what's funny when you say that is that the trailer that, because I've again, I've seen the trailer a lot now and that's exactly what the trailer feels like. It's like, oh, they're happily married. Oh, they've moved into a house. Like, everything, it's like, oh, now there's this man is back. Oh, now there's this character is back. Like, from the trailer, mm-hmm. it feels like that. And I feel like I could, it's one of those trailers where you can see the entire movie from the trailer. But it seems very, like, start and start. Here's the next thing on the list that we do. And it feels like, like that when you're when you're watching it. So it's tough to really get, like, roped in, you know? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Because like they go to the the costume gala, then they have sex. They go, <laughs> they get in a car, they get in a car chase, then they have sex. Like, <laughs> okay, I, I got it. And is the sex so any that's good? That's my recommend. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's see the whole the whole thing about it. It's predicated on some really dangerous stuff. Right. Like they, you know, it's Christian Grey is based on the Edward character, obviously, and Edward's like you know vampire, but they try to make christian like a human and he's got like this really troubled abused past and they use that to explain why he's like into bdsm and it's like really troubling Mm, yeah she didn't didn't do a good job and i don't understand people's fascination with it honestly yeah but i I like hearing your take on it yeah i've talked enough about that moving on (laughs) um i saw the commuter in the theater what did you think of the commuter it was fine. 
I, that was like the movie that when the trailer played, you just like heard the entire audience in the theater go like, okay, we know what we're getting. We, like, yeah, we got it. it it's exactly that. Yeah. Patrick Wilson is in it. That was what sold me. That is nice. And well, Vera um, Farmiga's in it, which could almost sell me. Yeah. She's not in it nearly enough. Oh, that is good to know. She's like a bookend. Like, she's mm. there, and then she's there. And then in the middle, it's all Liam Neeson. Mm. Okay. Good it's to know. It's fine. I mean, if you want something mindless to put on, or if it's ever streaming and you need something to watch in pieces on the bus, it's okay. fine. Yeah, but that, movie that kind of movie. It's a background movie. And that, you know, because we were really gearing up for for the main attraction, which was Paddington 2. Because oh, Paddington, I've heard such good things about it. Paddington. I think I've um, sung the praises of Paddington before. You, you got me to watch it. I watched it because you were so happy about it. It's so good. It's a delight. Paddington yeah. is so good. Um, I purposely didn't wear mascara to the screening because I knew I would <laughs> keep good it. Good thinking. Good thinking. And I cried like eight times during it, like little little bursts. Oh. Um, it's so sweet and so cute. Yeah. And um, Brendan Gleeson's in it. Oh, I love him. And, oh boy, is he fantastic in it? Everybody's so good in it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, good to um, know. So watch that when you when you can. Um, I watched Geostorm. <laughs> of course you did. We should cover Geostorm on the show. Let's do it. I got no problem with it. <laughs> Nothing to say about it. It's so <laughs> bad. Um, and then, do you remember the movie The Watch? No. It was that Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn movie. <gasps> oh, the, the one that was supposed to be Neighborhood Watch, and then Neighborhood Watch took on a very different meaning. Yes, I do. Oh. I didn't see um, it. Nobody else did either. Because no. it really, it, unfortunate timing on that. Yeah. But there's like, I don't know if I'm not going to ruin it. If you don't know, there's like a big twist. It's not. I what know it what the twist to... is, and I. Th- that was also the kind of movie that I think they had a hard time marketing. A because yeah. of you know real life, but also because it was a case where it was like, do they give the twist or not in the marketing? And and some campaigns did, and some didn't. So it was it was a tricky one. Yeah, I've always been kind of interested because. Like it's it's such an oddity. Yeah, it's at such a weird time for comedies too, but also sure. like for you know in the cultural zeitgeist. But was it any um, you know, I, I I hate to say it, but Vince Vaughn was actually really funny in it. <laughs> I understand why you hate it. I understand that sentiment. I wish I wish he wasn't, but he was. His his timing was good. He mm-hmm. had a lot of really good lines. Um, it was interesting. We we kind of I don't know. I've been really tired, and work's been kind of crappy. So yeah. I was trying to keep it like lighter. lighter. So that's mm-hmm. why there's so much new stuff or rewatches. Um, yeah, you know, life happens, and sometimes you don't want stuff. Yeah, believe, believe me, I I understand that very well. Yeah, so that's that's what I watched. It, it's not that much. Wow. No, you think that you think that's not much, girl. I got one movie. Really? What happened? Um, I, you know, I was trying to figure that out because I I didn't realize until like yesterday. I'm like, oh, I've only watched one actual feature. Well, we recorded. We only recorded about two, three that's weeks true. ago. Yeah. Then the next weekend, I was out. Um, I do. We do like a late Christmas Christmas with my family. So I was out like visiting my family all weekend. I was reading. Like I had a couple of books to read. Okay, yeah. Um, and then. The other thing was because I was ended up watching a lot of Netflix TV. So Ooh, the, anything good? Do you have any recommends? Well, yeah. So I started watching. 
I'll start with the one that I definitely recommend, which is because I, I got tired of everybody telling me or like making references to something and telling me I should watch it and me hadn't, having not watched any of it all. Oh, so geez. I finally started watching Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. Mm. Have you? Um, I think I've seen the first three episodes or something. Okay. Um, they disturbed me on a real visceral level. Mm-hmm. I could see that. And then I, and then I heard that they got stupid. So then I just was like, nah, nothing there for me. <laughs> well, I'm, I really like the idea of a show that I can watch out of order. Yes, that's a good point. And like a Twilight Zone. Exactly. And even like, I was still like worried to do that because I'm like, no, no, but really I can like watch a season four episode and then a season two episode and then a season three episode and that's okay. And everybody's like, yeah, no, it's totally fine. And what I like doing, I, I kind of like being able to do that because it stops it stops it from getting from I think feeling as if you're watching the same show, and mm-hmm. I'll get to that because the other show I've been watching, I kind of had to stop, had to pause watching. Uh, but with so with Black Mirror, I think I've watched five episodes this week, um, and so I watched USS Callister, which is the one everybody's talking about now because I guess it was the premiere of this season. It's the Star Trek esque one. Okay, um, and it's it's really good. That one's super good. I want you to watch it. I'm curious what you'll think of it. Will it make me upset? Um, there is a, there is an upsetting element to it, but I don't, this is not a, I don't, this is like not a, eh, it's a mild spoiler. Um, so if you, if you don't want to know anything about USS Callister, like fast forward one minute, um, you're not going to end the episode feeling terrible about the world. Oh, that's nice. So there, uh, although the, the one thing that did throw me off the entire episode I was watching, I'm like is that Matt Damon or Jesse Plemons? And I could not tell. And at a certain point, I'm like, no, I think it's Matt Damon because I think he put on a little weight for downsizing. So that's probably him. And then the movie ended and I see Jesse Plemons. I'm like, oh, wow, Jesse Plemons really looks like my, what I think Matt Damon looks like. <laughs> Your version of Matt Damon. Yeah, I think at this point they've blended into one. So I just, I'm, it's, I have face blindness now. I think that's it. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but I watched that. I was, so I watched a couple of episodes. I mean, that one's great. The one, 15 Million Merits, which is the one with um, Daniel Kulea from Get Out. That one's really good. Wait, which one's that? That's the one. It's set in a future where everybody has to ride um, exercise bikes. No, that's the one. That's the yeah. one that, that, that killed me. Because um, what's-her-face from Downton Abbey is the, the broad yes. in that. Yeah, she's, she's fuck, good. I didn't, fuck that one. I don't, fuck that one hard. That nope. one, yeah, that one might be a little upsetting. Um, 100%. Like, just thinking about it, I'm getting upset. Did you watch Nosedive with Bryce Dallas Howard? No, 100% did not, because I know I didn't see hers. Okay, that one you should watch for a few reasons. It is written by um, Michael Schur and I think Rashida Jones. But so Michael Schur, who does The Good Place and Parks and Rec. It is directed <laughs> by Joe Wright. Oh, fun. Yeah. Okay, well then, there you go. And it's visually, it's, it's really, really cool. To push with me. And I'll be like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've been enjoying jumping around that because, again, I like the idea of, for me, it's become, tra- like, I used to have, like, a pattern for how I could watch something. I'd start watching it at home, I'd get on the bus, and I'd finish it. And lately, my schedule changed just enough to where I can't finish something. So then I end up watching it in three chunks, and then it gets more oh, difficult. So, like, Black Mirror, for the most part, I can, like, time out and look and be like, oh, it's a 48-minute episode. Okay, I can watch it entirely on my compute. Oh, it's an, it's an hour and ten episode. Okay, I'm going to have to break it up. Let me plan that out. Uh, and so there's something very satisfying about being able to watch a self-contained mm-hmm. and, and I mean, it's, it is the episodes I've seen so far. And one was kind of, did nah. you like the really upsetting one? 
I did, but I'm weird. I like upsetting stuff. But and it didn't make you cry forever. It didn't. I don't know why. I guess I'm just no, deep it's, down a no, horrible person. No, it's me, not person. you. Um, you're fine. I'm the one that has the problem. No, I, f- I feel like maybe I'm a sociopath. If it, it, you no, know. you're a little angel. Oh, you're sweet. The, uh, yeah. They, they all, the ones I've watched, I watched one that was kind of crappy. One was the Waldo moment, which is about <laughs> the uh, cartoon bear who ends up sort of becoming, it's like a political, uh, there's an election and there's this trash talking bear who ends up swaying the election. It just wasn't as good as the other ones so far, I'd say. But I appreciate that they're all really impressively build a new world very quickly in every episode. And it's impre- it's impressive and it's again like they're just different even though like there are el- shared elements between the episodes definitely and i think if you end up watching the same like certain ones probably back to back you kind of maybe that starts to wear off a bit um but i'm enjoying them and uss callister is is great and everybody should watch that one and by the way it's jesse Plemons, not matt damon the uh, other show that I was talking about was I decided to start Mindhunter. Oh, okay. So I watched like an episode and a half. Well, the first episode's bad. The first episode is not good. And Correct, which is why I didn't yeah. continue watching. So I get to the first episode, I'm like, I, 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 am I going to get used to this type of dialogue and direction, or is it going to get better? And so I gave it another, I gave it two more episodes. And then I actually went to um, to Facebook to kind of ask and say, hey, should I keep going? Like, is it, am I going to enjoy it? And a lot, enough people kind of, whose opinions I value said, you know, to keep going, that it, you, you know, it will improve. Uh, and I, it has so far, I think I'm four episodes in. And I just found, um, I'm going to finish it. I, okay. I, I don't know if I'll continue afterwards. It will very much depend on how the rest of the season goes. Uh there's things I like, but it's like some of the performances are all fine. The actors are good. Um, the look is good, but it, some of the dialogue is so stupid. Yeah, I had I had trouble with the dialogue. In the yeah, first one. the and I'm sure you felt this way. All of the like the conversations with his girlfriend feel so written. Yep, um, which is problematic. But so far, the killer stuff has been pretty interesting. I don't think I got that. I don't, didn't get far enough. Yeah, no, you like... wouldn't have if you only got an episode and a half in. So I'll keep going. But I felt like it was a kind of show. I'm like, you know, this is the kind of show that I need to just power through. Because if I watch an episode and like wait a bunch of weeks before I get back to it, I'm eventually going to forget I'm watching it. So <laughs> I'll keep going, but we'll see. And then the only movie I watched this week was on Netflix Instant. It is an IFC After Dark or IFC Underground, whatever IFC's like little horror label is. And they usually put out really good stuff. And this was interesting. It was called Let's Be Evil. I don't know if you've has the cover. super familiar. Because you're on Netflix and I'm sure the cover has gone yeah. by as a recommend. It, so this is sort of set in a near future and... Uh, there is a underground school, like the idea is that, oh, kids have gotten so soft and American kids are falling behind in education. So mm-hmm. there is some company that is recruiting really smart kids and they're training them in this like really, um, you know, new age way. And they're all in this 
un- deep, deep, deep underground facility that's very high technology, and there's no teachers. Everything's done technology-wise. But they have these three, like, young 20-something people sort of almost as camp counselors. Like, they're just there to, like, move the kids around and make sure everything's mm-hmm. go- happening. And the way the facility is set out is that they have to wear these glasses that let them see so the whole movie takes is kind of done in this virtual reality type view so it's between the three characters of whose glasses you're seeing through and then of course something goes wrong and the kids start trying to kill everybody mm-hmm. uh i i enjoyed this it's it's not great i don't really understand a key element of what happened in it but it moves well it's pretty dark once the kids like get evil uh no spoiler because it's called let's be evil and it's about kids yeah i was gonna say yeah we can assume that they get evil yeah and it's a different way of doing it i think some people might get really annoyed quickly with the visual and how it's done Mm -hmm. and that it might be too much for you like it might give you a headache and you're like no no no, not for me but i like that they did it used it as a way of hey we're gonna tell this story that you've seen done before in a different way Mm-hmm. So I give credit to that. And it's brisk. It's like 80 minutes, if even that. So. Oh, that's good. Which a lot of those IFC movies are, which is really nice. Yeah, sometimes that. that's that's what you need. Exactly. No reason to drag things out, you know? But yeah, that's uh, that's all I've been watching. And then, oh, you know what? You know what else I've been watching, Christine? I'll tell you what, what else, else I've been watching. I've been watching fucking figure skating. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we had... watched We watched some, too. I think, like... What? Like the Saturday before last, there was something. Probably and it was the national U.S. Nationals. Yeah, we. I was uh, like, sometimes when we're like headed out, we'll just put on normal TV, like to have something on in the background, <laughs> like the proletariat. Yeah. <laughs> so we were. We had that. That happened to be on, and we were getting ready to like go to a movie or something, and ended up fucking sitting there and watching the whole thing. Why not? I DVR it. I have my DVR set to just record figure skating, no matter when it is. What channel it's on, it will record. That technology, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a beautiful thing. So, on that note, what do you want to tackle first? Um, you want to go chronologically? Sure. Take a quick Let's break. Come back and talk about 2016's Colossal. I saw a monster in the mirror when I woke up today. A monster in my mirror, but I did not run away. I did not shed a tear or hide beneath my bed. Though the monster looked at me and this is what he said. He said, wubba, 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 woo, woo, woo. Wubba, 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 and a doodly-doo. He sang wubba, 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 so I sang it too. Me or I will wumba you. Do not wumba me or I will wumba you. Okay, Colossal, directed by a director who might have the funnest name ever to direct a movie Nacho Vigalando. I love him. I love that name. He's cool. This is the only full length film of his I've seen. I saw Time Crimes is real good. I have not watched Time Grinds yet, because I keep, A, I think I've said this before, there's a few reasons why I haven't watched Time Crimes. One is because when it was on Instant Watch, it was when Triangle was also an Instant Watch, 
And I ended up watching Triangle, and then everybody talks about how Triangle and Time Crimes have all these similarities, so I didn't want to watch them too close together. And then I went off Instant Watch. And then also, people have said it's confusing, and I always mean to watch it, and then I'm like, oh, but I'm not smart right now. I can't watch it. No, I don't think, I don't, I think, you know how people said Inception was confusing? (gasps) Yes, and they were, (laughs) if they said that, no offense to you, you, if you thought it was confusing, you're not that smart. No, it was not, and I wouldn't say that. Like time, time crimes is a lot more clever than Inception. Okay. But I don't, I don't remember. I don't. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but I don't recall it like blowing my mind with its complexities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like it was a, still a, a narrative you could follow along with. Okay, it's, boy, it's good. Boy, it's going to be an interesting feat when I watch it to figure out: Am I like? Do I pass Christine's test for being ah! smart? <laughs> Well, it was, I, I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen it for a while, so maybe it's... <laughs> you were smarter more, then. I, maybe I've lost some brain cells, it's possible. Oi. All right, so, so, uh, what's his other film? He has something else, if, I, I don't have his IMDb up in front of me. I'm slowly opening it. Uh, oh, Extraterrestrial, which you watched, right? Wait, did I? Yeah, wasn't that the one we talked about? I watched a movie time? called Extraterrestrial. Hold on. Wait, no, Hold on, everyone. Okay. This makes okay. a good podcast. We're, go- we're going to the research. Uh, he also did um, a segment in ABCs of Death. Which one was his? His, his was a good one, right? A for Apocalypse. His would have been the first one. Yes, his one. was maybe the best one. Yeah, his is really good. He did a decent segment in VHS Viral. His is the one with the portal to the like other side of the house thing. Did I watch the VHS viral? I uh, ask you, like, viral you know. is the one with the magician. No, I don't no. think I know that. I like VHS viral. That might have been my favorite of the three, but so he did did he did do a movie I can't talk called Extraterrestrial, but it's not the Extraterrestrial not the that, that you I talk. Saw. Okay, gotcha. Also, Open Windows, which I have not seen, but many people which, speak very highly of. It's it's a flaw in my opinion. I love Nacho dearly in my opinion it is a flawed concept and i don't think there's any way you can do it fantastically but elijah wood is so good in it Hmm. and fucking sasha gray is in it and it's the best thing in the world i would watch it a million times just for those reasons so i don't know and it's interesting it does some weird shit Mm -hmm. well i mean he is a director who embraces weird shit which is love it i love taking chances doing doing different stuff I love it. And what more of a chance can you take than saying, I'm making a movie about a woman who is somehow telepathically or who who is able to telepathically become a monster for five minutes at a certain time of morning in Korea? Holy crap. Yeah. So you just gave the synopsis. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anne Hathaway um, is, what's her character name? Um, Gloria? Gloria. Yes. Which Yes, her name is Gloria. Uh, and she is a alcoholic. Yes. Uh, she is she is fired. She is her boyfriend kind of kicks her out. Her boyfriend so, is Dan Stevens. Her boyfriend is British Dan Stevens, which I love. No need to have him do an American accent. He can be British and live here. That's that's I mean he, he was American in the guest and he did a good American accent in that. For sure, but I'm just saying, let him okay. be British. Yep. So she goes to uh, her old childhood home in some kind of suburban town to kind of figure out what she's going to do. And once there, she reconnects with Oscar. Jason Sudeikis. Yes. Uh, I'm glad you said his name because I never know how to say his name. For some reason, I'm like, I always think I I don't know why it throws me off, but it does. (laughs) You're very welcome. Thank you. 
Uh, so <laughs> he owns a bar in town. She uh, starts going there. She starts working there. And then she somehow realizes that at 8.05 a.m. Uh, U.S. time, which is, uh, what, 10 p.m. or so Korean time. You would know better than me. I know I should, but I keep forgetting. Also, there's like they don't do daylight savings. There's always so it changes at a certain point. Oh, anyway, interesting. At a certain time of day, uh, if she walks through a park and walks in a specific spot, she appears as a giant monster in Korea. Yes. Uh, that's the basic plot, would you say? I would say so. And what I love about I was doing a little bit of reading of like interviews with Nacho Vigalando. To see, like, exactly where did this concept come from? And something that I really love and that I really think is what this movie is, is that he talked about, um, he had the idea of the kaiju for a long time. Like, he wanted to make a movie about somebody who, uh, you know, from one place in the world can become a giant monster in another place of the world. Like, that was his idea for a while, but he didn't write the movie until he found the characters and what that side of the story actually was. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is super important because there's, you could take this concept and make a totally different movie. And I'm sure a lot of people are disappointed because that might have been what they wanted. Uh, but instead, you're telling a very specific story about, um, you know, male, inc- the danger of, of men, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. yep. Um, in some ways, ahead of its time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I know it only came out like a year and change ago, but like still some ways ahead of its time it before um, the the kind of national conversation that we've had you know in a post um 2016 election world mm-hmm. where and like you had rumblings of it with gamergate and some other things that were more in the news than than they had been previously but mm-hmm. yeah so much of this movie like now watching it the the downside is that it almost feels too on the nose at times because it yep. you know since this movie came out you know a year and a half ago not that long ago <clears throat> this is kind of an idea that like yeah we all we all kind of know now not just nice guys not not really that like my husband's a very no, nice no. guy and he's, he's not yeah nice. for sure <laughs> I mean look I I think it's I'm I don't know why I'm surprised I think it's astounding that you you nailed what this actually is about so fucking quickly. So we have a a mutual online friend named Jane Gutter. Mm -hmm. Uh, She wonderful lady. Wonderful. She had, she and I had been talking and when, when a lot of this, and I hope I'm not alienating anybody by saying toxic masculinity, but I mean, it's a valid term. I, I get that it gets overused. We were talking about that and she kept bringing up this movie and, and, and she was saying that when she first saw it, this that's how she read this movie. Like, oh, yeah. oh, this is the thing that's happening. This is what this movie is portraying. And other people didn't see it. Like, what are you talking about? That's not what that movie's about. They don't even talk about that in that movie. And then I finally saw it, and I was blown away by how accurate that was. Like, it, this movie's upsetting. It it's, is. It's oh, cute. Yeah fun and sweet and interesting in parts but it's really upsetting well i'm shocked that anybody wouldn't see that in this movie and i wonder if anybody if that was a year and a half ago if today everybody would see that yeah that is terrifying to me that somebody wouldn't get that out of this movie (laughs) and because 
I mean, I, I think to talk about this, it's gonna we're gonna have to spoil it, right? I agree. Because yeah, there's, let's there's save... a lot of stuff that if you haven't seen this yet, like yeah. you might not know. So maybe go in as fresh as you can. And so much of what I think makes everything hit harder is the way this movie is kind of a Trojan horse in a lot of ways oh. of opening on. Th- if you watch the first half hour of this movie, you are expecting not just a different rest of the movie, you're expecting a different genre of movie from what you're getting. As as soon as Jason Sudeikis pulls up in his car and sees, you know, his, you know, old friend from school, you're like, oh, these two, like, oh, they're, you know, they have some chemistry and so on. You're get, you think you know this story. If, if people, if you haven't seen it, then stop our podcast right now and go watch it and come back. Because, yes, that, that. Oh, you think they're gonna? You think they're gonna get together? And it's gonna be sure, like sweet and quirky. And how does the monster fit in? I saw this on one description described as a romantic comedy. This is yeah. the farthest thing from a romantic comedy that I have ever seen. Resident Evil is on in the background right now. That is more of a romantic comedy than classic. That is a romantic comedy. Yes. Um. Yeah, it's not any of those things, and I think that. I, I think it does such a good job with playing with expectations mm-hmm. that there are a few key points where you're genuinely shocked. Yep. Like, the, one of the biggest parts of that is casting J- Jason Sudeikis. Yep. He's so handsome and yes. likable. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's obviously gorgeous and a movie star, but he's got this, like, everyman kind yep. of quality. Yep. And, um, like, and he's funny and, and really charming, and you're like, yeah, of course, this guy's so nice. And from the beginning, he's super duper helpful. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a ride. I want to hang out. Hey, I'm going to bring this TV There's over. This awesome TV. I want that TV. Yeah, it was a really big TV. Yeah, could, like, and like, around. And, and like, he's like a great a great guy and you're like oh well okay so there's this great guy in her life and this woman who's like a fuck up she just has to get it together and everything's gonna be great and then she'll have this great guy but then there's a there's i i so i i rewatched it so i've seen it twice there's some allusions to it kind of early on maybe mid-movie that his character is gonna have a shift but the first time i watched it i remember really being struck by how quickly it turns like Mm. how quickly he becomes an awful abusive asshole well there's two big instigating things right the first is when he realizes he also has this ability to project in korea Mm -hmm. right he ends up you know there at the same time realizes oh i'm a giant fucking robot and then well actually there's there's one more thing after that which is then when um they're in this moment together and she slaps him Mm -hmm. and this becomes a viral video that gets played everywhere and everybody in the world is laughing at the robot monster getting slapped by the big green monster and then i think it's mostly when she sleeps with the other guy with his friend well you know what i found interesting when i rewatched this so jason zadakis goes to be the robot before he finds out that that Gloria and that handsome dude slept together. Right. He's already there. Yes. It escalates when he sees them together. Oh, yeah. So he was already being a dick. And this really shows, it highlights even more that his actions have nothing to do with her. Even yeah. though he centers it around her and makes it be her fault. His actions, his his drinking, his, mm-hmm. in, his inability to actually, like, 
kind of start his life. Yep. Like him holding on to these feelings or not feelings for her. Yeah. They're all him, not her. Because he was already fucking around with something he shouldn't have been fucking around with. And then when she shows up with that dude and then slaps him, it's all fucking over. And so that first slap, I think I gasped at. I was like, because <gasps> she slaps him. And then they do that funny clip where he has deal with it glasses and it's mm-hmm. funny. But then after that, they have like the real fight. Like, and it's it's a really upsetting fight. Yeah. There's... Uh... I mean, it's a movie that it, the interactions are, are ugly. This is a movie that like a lot of times you kind of just kind of want to look away. Like I, yep. I don't want to see it, Cause it, it also like throws that dynamic. Cause it is, it's a man and a woman fighting. There is this threat of violence constantly. There is something this movie I think does brilliantly is how, um, how it, uh, doesn't ignore but doesn't use sexual violence at all. Mm-hmm. Never in this movie is there any hints of rape, any, you know, as much as it, it seems like Jason Sudeikis is obsessed with her and probably in love with her or his version of love with her, that actually never really shows up on screen. It's, it's under the surface, but... I, and I feel like it would have been very easy for somebody else with who had this idea, not that this is a very easy idea to have, to take it to that place. And mm-hmm. it doesn't. And I think it's not ignoring it because any woman and man watching a movie about a woman and man in this situation kind of gather that that's there. Um, but it doesn't, I guess, end up exploiting it. Mm-hmm. Which And that's it's funny because today I watched, when I watched that Black Mirror episode, USS Callister, it's actually a really good pairing with this in a sense, because it is also about a very, um, uh, what's the word, insecure man, white man who feels as though he should be treated better than he is and ends up doing something super destructive to people that don't deserve it. And it has a similar thing where there are women involved in it and you get the sense that there is definitely an attraction to them, but that it's not, but it, it there's no threat of sexual violence and it's like something that you're like okay it's it's nice to see because it shows that you can tell these stories without going to that place which Mm -hmm. is so hard to do correctly and oddly enough i think we'll end up talking about that with i tanya also yeah these are are an interesting pair yeah yeah (laughs) because it's also a movie in many ways about Men, a man and a woman mm-hmm. in, a, in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. and it's just something that I think is um, important to note because you could go very wrong if you were to bring sexual violence in here the wrong way and I think mm-hmm. that the movie found a way to just to not bring it in but to make everything else so intense that it's not like it's you know um, wimping out by not I guess oh it would have I think it would have felt exploitative yeah it had gone that route um it's for a movie about like a gigantic avatar monster in soul um it's really grounded oh yeah (laughs) so i think specific yeah and 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 it deals it has this big sci-fi it's actually for me not to show my hand it's like the perfect movie it has this big sci-fi kind of like thing happening but it's also this story about like 
a, a woman dealing with her personal failures yep. and alcoholism and, you know, a relationship kind of falling apart and then having this toxic person introduced into her life and yeah. kind of being blindsided by it. And so all that's happening in this really interesting way, while there's also this really fucking cool, weird, like dimensional shit mm-hmm. or whatever with like monsters. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic movie. I don't know. I know people liked it, but I mean, it should have been like, like a hit, like a runaway yeah. hit. <laughs> and I do wonder if, I mean, if it came out today, if it would have hit more because of where the conversation's at in terms of, mm-hmm. um, you know, hey, there's a problem with men grabbing power and abusing it. It, it really, like, it, it's so of this time right now and again, which is why I think some of it for me, once I kind of saw where he was going, it became a little expected of, okay, he's... Like, and I mean, again, we're, we're talking about everything in detail. So I'll say it, the final scene when she's holding him in his hand and he's kind of begging for mercy, I'm thinking in my head, he's going to call her a bitch because like, it just felt like at that moment, Mm -hmm. like, you know, he's, he's either, she's either going to, you know, stop and forgive him or he is going to cross a line in such a specific way. And he does. And it's exactly what that character should do in order to kind of make that statement but yeah watching it today in 2018 i think there's a little bit of like oh of of course this you know seemingly nice white guy is actually a raging misogynist asshole Mm -hmm. but it 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 was still i don't know it was surprising when i saw it sure just how it didn't it didn't hold any punches no pun intended like it it really didn't it was like this guy is not good yeah (laughs) And, like, we're not going to make an excuse for him, and we're not going to give him redemption. He's He wasn't a good guy when Gloria showed up, and he's not going to be a good guy. Right. Well, and so what do you think of the sort of backstory of them as kids and what kind of launched this uh, kaiju avatarness of the um, backpack and the toy and the art project and such? So I will. So I watched this movie and then I rewatched it and I forgot that I had like 25 minutes left of my rewatch and never finished it. So I'm a little muddled on the exact intricacies of okay. All, so it all seems... that because because they hint at it because throughout the movie yes. they do the flashes of like that day. Yep. So the second rewatch it was a lot more interesting because you realize what they were building towards and you realize the significance of her showing up in the the playground and seeing the kids walking to the bus every morning. So like, I, I really appreciated that. And I kind of, I'm kind of mad that I didn't finish it now. (laughs) Um, but I, I, I kind of don't remember. Like, I know it was, it started to play it. Like he was like Jason Sudeikis is, little boy character was gonna go help her because her diorama blew away it's her diorama of soul blows away in a tree and he like immediately goes to help so it's like oh like look how and again Uh in any other movie look isn't that cute you know like you and he climbs over and then she climbs over to kind of make sure he's okay and see what's going on and he he is at the art project and he just steps on it and stomps it it and destroys it yeah and so that and that's when she kind of has that realization of like You've always hated yep. yourself. Yeah, he's a jealous little prick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. That's. Are you apologizing to Jason Sudeikis? I mean, in general, that was harsh language. 
Well, then he called her a bitch. So, oh boy, what you yeah. don't do? I don't Actually, know. About I like, do you? Are you real? Like, I, as I think I've said, I'm okay with, um, like, cunt is my favorite curse word. And if somebody it's called me word. that, I don't think I'd be offended because I feel like if you say it, you mean it, uh-huh. and I maybe I deserved it, or maybe you really under- think I do. But I, I would be funny. But oh yes, that too. But I do not ever like hearing a man call a woman a bitch. I don't it's not a word that I like to use Mm -hmm. I um I don't like to use forms of it either like bitchy or like I don't it's not a nice word and it's got a lot of connotations and I think that um the reason why I turned not that I ever was a fan of that word but the reason I turned on that word is because it seemed to be really prevalent in films where like a dude would call another dude a bitch and it was Hmm. supposed to be like this um, he was demasculating sure. him, emasculating him. Right words. Um, <laughs> so the fact that he, they, people would use that term to to lessen someone someone's masculinity really pissed me off. To me, it's the same as like calling someone a pussy, mm-hmm. which I really don't like either. Sure. There are so many other words we could use. Do not villainize the feminine. If bitch is a, a word that is used to desc- typically describe a female, when a man calls another man a bitch, it's like the ultimate put down. Ugh. And see, my issue with it comes more from when a man uses it of or to a woman. Because <laughs> I really feel like whenever I hear it said nine times out of ten, it just has this sting of... There you feel this way in part because she is a woman. Yeah. And I know it's not always true. And I, cause I know it's the same as sometimes if I, you know, say bastard, it might be, you know, it, it's, but there, the word bitch to me, I mean, think of how many people said, you know, I'm sure in your life, in my life, certainly how many people, you know, who would, who easily said Hillary Clinton's a bitch. Yes. And there is no equivalent to any man that you can say that. George Bush is an asshole. Donald Trump's a fucking whatever you want to say. There's no word that has that same gendered meaning. Mm-hmm. And so, so often when a man says she's a bitch or you bitch, uh, they're, like, every time I hear it, and like, I'm really not somebody sensitive to words, but I find whenever I hear it, I, I cringe because it really does feel like there is a direct attack on gender because you are whatever yeah. you're saying about this person it is in you know I'm using this word because because she is a woman and that's what comes to my mind and that's how I'm labeling mm-hmm. her which is exactly why when when it's so offensive or it's like the gut punch yep. when a man says it to another man it's like sure. boy oh boy right it's, I, it has such an insult to it like yeah, the way the term I, gay used to be of like oh no exactly. like never call something gay you know yeah yeah, yeah. And so in this movie, when, I mean, that's to me the, per- the perfect thing, when, when he says, you know, she's in his hand and he says, you fucking bitch, it's like, no, oh, no, fuck. And the only disappointment I had, I really wanted her at that point to crush him. Yeah. I felt like that was the natural move to do, and instead she throws him. So we don't know where he landed. Mm-hmm. I mean, could he come back? We don't know if he's dead. We, I mean, we, we can maybe assume, but we don't know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> worries me is all. Um... So I, I have to ask your feelings on Anne Hathaway, um, just in regu- like in regular life. Do I you love are... Anne Hathaway, and like yeah, in, I... in regular life, have I ever told you about my um, encounter with her at a dog run? <laughs> I think you have. <laughs> I did. I, I had a celebrity encounter with Anne Hathaway at a dog run, 
when I was a dog walker, this is going back 10 years or longer mm-hmm. than that now, uh, I was in a dog run and the dog I was walking um, didn't had a thing. This dog did not like little girls. She just didn't like their voices. She, they made her nervous and so on. And I'm in this dog run and this family comes in and there's like two little girls who instantly start like yelling and running around the dog run. And I'm annoyed immediately because I know my dog is going to start freaking out. And I see this other woman like t- immediately tense up also. And I happen to be standing next to her and we're both like, oh, I hate like they can't do this. And like the little girl runs over and like this woman next to me even says to her like, oh, excuse me, can you not like, you know, yell at the dog because that kind of makes them nervous. And then she start, we start talking and she's like, God, I hate, this is a place for dogs, not for kids. Like, I know, like, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, you don't come in here unless you know how to handle dogs. And so then, you know, we, the family leaves, thankfully. And then she leaves. She has a, a lab with her. And it was one of those, like, okay, you have a good day. And as she walks away, I'm like, she looked really familiar. She looked like Anne Hathaway. Because that was <laughs> Anne Hathaway. And I even, like, noticed, like, two days later in, like, the AM New York paper, I see, like, a picture of Anne Hathaway and her dog. I'm like, that was definitely Anne Hathaway's dog. So That's I've always so liked fun. Anne Hathaway personally because she has the same feelings on dog etiquette that I do. Um, but as an actor, I also think she's great. Yeah, I've never really had an opinion on her. Yeah. I don't think I've seen much that she's been in. Um, um, she's she's the best thing in The Dark Knight Rises, which admittedly might not be saying that yeah. much, but she's really I give her a it. little bit more credit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she's really good in Les Miserables, whatever you want to say about it being an overblown musical. Yeah. She's good in it. She's really good in it. Yeah, no, I've, I've always liked her, and I've liked, and I mean, she seems like a smart, driven woman who ended up often on the, in like such a typical, um, what's the word, representation of the weird, poor treatment of women in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah, people, people hate her. And yeah, and the whole, like, and there have been like essays written about why do people hate Hannah Hathaway, like, what does it mean? Is it loaded with all this, you know, and is it, is it because she's a woman who carries herself a certain way? Is it this, is it that? And I remember at the, when she hosted the Oscars with James Franco, which, which was such a mess. She got around. so, she got so much shit for she that. And so that wasn't shit. her fault. He didn't. And the whole thing people kept complaining was like, oh, she was trying so hard. And it come, and I remember, I think this might've been a conversation with Jason saying like, look, I'd rather if somebody's making millions of dollars for doing very little, I'd rather them try than not try. So I don't get the hatred How for her. can you make that criticism of somebody? Yeah. Oh, they were trying. Yeah. So so James Franco can fucking just show up and you're cool with that, but like the brown-haired lady tries and you're all up in arms. Yeah. Like cut yeah. cut the shit. I agree. Would you ever say that about James Franco? Oh, he was trying too hard. No. Right. Well, probably because he wasn't trying very hard. <laughs> right, he but, really does. Yeah. But yeah, I so this movie though, like I don't, I know her stance on dogs, but I don't know as much about her, like, as, say, Charlize Theron or something. Mm-hmm. But her, her her, in this movie, like, I I love her for doing this movie. Yeah. I love her, the way she handles her character. She, I forget it's Anne Hathaway. Yeah. I, I get that she's, beautiful. again, a beautiful Hollywood actress, but they, she looks very, like, normal in this. Mm-hmm. I like her normal hair. That's a little bit frizzy. Her her butt looks big, and I think she looks great. Like I yep. think she looks amazing and and really relatable. And I think that's why it like the initial time like Jason Sudeikis comes up and pushes her. I even the second time I watched it, I audibly gasped. Yep. Like I I feel like 
as much as she is like she calls herself a fuck up and she is a fuck up because she does have problems with alcohol and she keeps making the same mistake over and over again but like you're immediately endeared to her mm-hmm. like i don't know it's, it's such a good movie it's yeah. a really good movie yep and she she learns she and i don't mean to say it as in like oh she becomes a better person and this and that and that like no like there's something i think about the character that is interesting in that she she's a fuck up but as soon as she realizes oh my god something i'm doing is hurting and killing people her immediate reaction is i gotta fix what can i do to fix this to make this Mm -hmm. right and from there on it's you know, every decision isn't then, oh, I'm going to save the world. It's just, I'm not going to, I'm going to do everything I can to not fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And so then when Jason Sudeikis starts basically threatening it, she kind of realizes, oh, this is now my responsibility. Yeah. But she's not suddenly writing her novel and, you know, you know, buying a bed and cleaning up her life. Like, it's just, it's, there's nothing, there's no giant leap, I think. It all makes sense. Yeah. And it makes sense as her just innately being deep down a good enough person who's going to do the right thing uh yeah i i appreciated that and something else i liked that um maybe doesn't get the final resolution i might have liked it to have but there's a really telling the scene where where her her ex-boyfriend boyfriend boyfriend comes to visit and she Mm -hmm. goes to him is really fascinating because in that moment, like, she realizes, and you see her realize it, and you're realizing at the same time, this whole, you you have no respect for me either. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you might be better because, you know, you're, you're not trying to destroy the world. Although, who knows? If you had this power, you might too. Mm-hmm. Because she sees in that that he looks at her a certain way, and he's babying her. And, you know, the fact that suddenly she looks independent seems to scare him. Because probably part of their relationship was founded on him taking care of her. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really subtle thing. And I think that's something that maybe might be missed. And maybe, I don't think it had to be bigger. I think I would have liked a little more after just to kind of see. But I thought that was a really uh, important thing to drop of, mm-hmm. there's there's different types of kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say abusive men. Because I don't think Dan Stevens' character was abusive but that there is another type of man who maybe does not respect or fully, um, I guess, respect and believe in women, maybe. Mm-hmm. It makes you, his character and his their relationship makes you wonder, like, what he ever saw in her. Like, why they right. ended up together in the first place. Because he's he's very disparaging. Mm-hmm. And, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's... Like, I get his frustration about why, uh, about how irresponsible and childish she was being. Yes. But, like, I don't know. He, there are little things to, you're right, there are little things to inform that, like, he's, he's not jazzed about her being independent. And, and there was probably a part of him that really liked being her caretaker. Mm-hmm. Maybe he got tired of it after a while, but at some point he was super cool with it. Right. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a dislikable one as well. Not to that degree, obviously, but like, definitely don't think that that's a good give and take relationship. No, no. And I'd be worried if somebody thought it was. Yeah, no. Um, 
he's Dan Stevens is really good in this. Everybody does really solid performances. Yeah. And I think my my favorite or least favorite or the the thing that really stuck with me uh, looking at it the second time was that like her alcoholism was clearly a problem. She knew it was a problem. People around her acknowledged it was a problem, but she didn't do anything about it until she hurt other people. Yeah. And the fact that the choice to make Jason Sudeikis Sudeikis's character use that against her made him even more deplorable. Oh, yeah. That scene where he says, you drink this beer or I'm going to go, yep. and is just one of those, like, you are a fucking monster. Yep. And that does. That scene makes him such a villain. And the same time, you know, I, I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe his evil comes out a little too quickly. I don't know. Um just because it, it gets so intense to where he is killing hundreds of, if not thousands of people and seems, seems to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe, I don't know. Cause I, I don't want his side. Like this, this kind of the whole point of the movie, I think is that like, you know, we're, we're not, we see enough of him to not need his whole backstory. Cause it's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, he's, he's not worth it <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, I guess like what he 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 is he's such an asshole to, to use a gender term. Asshole. Although it's not he a gender is. term, women have assholes too. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, everyone should watch this movie if they haven't already. Yeah, and if they if they have, rewatch it. It's on Hulu. Yeah, I'm, and I really want to hear people's opinions on it, especially if I guess you didn't. And I feel like now, now I'll feel bad because I'm like, if you didn't get that this was about toxic masculinity, you're dumb. But if you saw something else in here, I'm really curious. If this, mm-hmm. if you felt it was too much, or if you felt it wasn't enough, I'm curious. I'd like to hear it. Share your thoughts. Yeah. I would, I would honestly be genuinely interested in hearing the opinion of somebody who didn't like it. Yeah, and also, I mean, you, you know, you and I are both ladies, and. Uh, I think we certainly are going to see things in here from a certain viewpoint because of that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm also really curious if there are men who felt differently (laughs) watching it. Just, you know, just tell us what you thought of the movie, folks. Do you agree with us? Yeah, come on. not? Just do it. Talk to us. Come on. Uh, This also, something I really... um, something I caught the movie opens on like a close-up of a Barbie doll that kind of looked like an outfit Tanya wore in I, Tanya. Uh huh. Uh huh. She kind of looked like Sailor Moon. I think that's what she was supposed to look like, but I saw, I thought I actually watched these the same day. We went, we went to I, Tanya in the theater. And then that night we watched, I I keep saying I colossal. We watched colossal. (laughs) Clearly I've decided the name of this episode. Do you, I was going to say, do you still title episodes? Funny things. I I try. I do my best. Because I don't want to call it Colossal Tanya, because I feel like that's going to be construed as a fat joke against Tanya Harding, who was never fat. So. I would sooner die exactly. than do that. Yes. Uh, oh, and both of these movies are have, I mean, both of them were produced by like 10 different different companies, but Neon Pictures is responsible in part for both of these. Mm-hmm. I did notice that, too. Yes, yes. yes. So uh, do you have more to say about Colossal? I could talk about this until the end of time, but no, I think, I think I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, yeah, I it's fascinating. It's a really fascinating movie, and I, again, I wonder if I would have seen it differently a year ago. I don't think I would have. I I mean, to me, that 
what the themes scream out to me. But I wonder if the world at large might have seen it differently a year ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, so let's rate it. Let's rate it. Quality of film. 8.5. I'll go 8. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 8. Quality of life. Okay. 9.5. You go, girl. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay at 8. I don't know. I, I really like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm staying at eight because I, again, this isn't... That's still really high. It, it's high. It's very high. Because um, I think this is an important movie. I think it... it and I, I just... You can't not love a movie that takes a concept this big. This could be the biggest... Like, literally the biggest concept movie you could get. And then d- uses it to tell a totally different, unexpected, but really important mm-hmm. story. <laughs> It's like what I always say about zombie movies, and I always use Dead Girl as the example. You could still make a zombie movie. There have been, at this point, thousands of zombie movies since 1968. Uh, the You can make one. It's fine. Do it. People will watch it. But as somebody who's watched a thousand zombie movies, I'm only going to watch it if you're going to give me something with it. So yeah. you, if you use that to tell a story about teenage male mascul- uh, toxic masculinity and so on, so there's always a way in to use a concept to kind of, you know, you still have to have meat behind it. And I think this is just such a clever, interesting way of doing that. And I mean, he didn't have to tell this story with that concept. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really important story and theme to explore. And I, it makes me respect him quite a bit for, you know, using it, using this giant premise um, for this for this particular uh, issue, if you will. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Okay. On that note, take a break. Come back. Um, Christine, you should stretch. I'm going to stretch. You should do some I'm going to make sure I'm all laced up right. Lace. Oh, my God. Do you have to check your laces? Um, make sure I would put the bobby pins very tight in your hair because you don't want those falling out on the ice. Make sure you don't, don't have any sequins because you can slip on them. I've seen it happen. So... Obviously, when we come back, we are going to talk about Itania. which is 23 years after the incident and we will talk about the incident in detail because I was I I wasn't there for it but boy do I feel as though I was (laughs) the movie of course is 2017's I Tanya 
Um, yes. Before we get into my very complicated relationship with figure skating in this case, Christine, tell the world what I, Tanya, is about. It's about um, Tanya Harding and, and what happened with her and Nancy Kerrigan. Um, or Nancy Kerrigan and somebody else, or her not at all. Who can say? <laughs> <clears throat> but it's, um, I think, one of the one of the strengths of this movie is that um, it's told in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just a straightforward um, biopic, no. and it's not like a straightforward like pseudo documentary or whatever mockumentary, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> if you will. But um, it. It basically chronicles Tanya Harding's life, starting from you know a very young age to um, you know the Nancy Kerrigan incident and and if she was or wasn't involved. And I mean, it 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 it, it focuses on the um, the stuff you saw, like f- routines we all saw, mm-hmm. costumes we all saw, but also stuff that we had no idea about. Like I never knew anything about her mother. Um, you were and not a little Emily and Travia, clearly. That's clearly true. Um, it's presented like it's true, but also multiple versions yeah. are given sometimes. Um, it's really, it's a really interesting setup um, and execution. And I am going to have nothing but really good things to say. Yep. Spoiler. Um, so I am a figure skating fan, like a real figure skating. Fan. Like I actually I watch it every year. I pay attention. Um, it's a sport that I actively follow. I, it dawned on me that I can talk about figure skating and like kind of the details of it and the characters in it and so on the way my husband talks about wrestling. Like it's I'm really into it. And so 19 like when this was happening in 1994, by that time I was already pretty into it. And 1994 comes, I'm 12, and suddenly figure skating is in the news and everybody is talking about it. Mm -hmm. And suddenly when I wake up in the morning um, and I read the newspaper, like I did as a 12-year-old, but I would like go to the entertainment (laughs) section, I'd read movie reviews. Get your coffee, sit at the table. (laughs) You know, with my cigarette. But suddenly now I'm reading the news because the story I'm interested in, now the whole world is interested in. And it was this crazy, crazy exciting time for me because this national story that was so big, and you remember it, and anybody our age or older, I would say, remembers this time. There's no, in recent years, there's nothing like it. Um, And I think it's just because of the way media changed. So, I mean, in 1994 was the dawn of this kind of 24-hour news cycle of court tv and these they make they make that point yeah in the the movie as well that this was you know this was the beginning of it this was yep the start of of the way we ingest media the way we expect media to be delivered to Mm -hmm. us the sensationalistic um bent it takes sometimes like oh yeah uh, and we didn't have twitter we didn't really have everybody wasn't online so it wasn't quick so you'd have a story that would stay in the news for three months you had dancy and tanya then you had lorena bobbitt then you had um then you had oj simpson and so on and these are stories that just everybody in the world in not in the world i mean certainly in the united states everybody had access to and was getting the same information and what's different now is simply that you know, a story comes and goes in a day. If, if this happened today, 
it's the Ryan Lochte thing, right? At the Olympics two years ago, Ryan Lochte was an idiot who, you know, lost, uh, stayed out late and then tried to tell, spin a story about getting robbed. It was in the news for a couple of days. Like two days, yeah. Most people aren't going to remember it six weeks later, much less two years later now. And it, so this crazy thing happened at this particular time in history where it just blew up in such a crazy way. And I think it's so appropriate that this movie is done in this particular style and with this particular type of humor, because I think it does such a good way of capturing the absurdity of what this is. And and then within that, it it finds a way to tell a real human story and to make these people real and mm-hmm. all of that. But it does it in this way that's really appropriate to the material itself. Yeah, I agree. Um, to to comment on your point about how you know no, people weren't online, there wasn't a Twitter, all that stuff. Um, I ima- we all were getting the same information. Mm-hmm. I was reading the National right. Enquirer, so I was yeah. getting more detailed information. But the angle that they took was decidedly anti-Tanya. I don't necessarily think the mainstream media would take a different stance if this were to happen today. Right. But I do think the fact that there would have potentially been room for other opinions and other takes mm-hmm. um, would have kind of changed how much she was crucified yeah um because there are things that come up in this movie that i never even thought about and i was never i i kind i didn't i'm gonna say say mean things i was a little girl i didn't understand why everybody liked nancy kerrigan so much (laughs) good for you i i watched figure skating as well um i used to like that and i used to like gymnastics i didn't think she was particularly good i didn't understand the fascination with her she was a massachusetts girl so Mm -hmm. it was really it was really big where i was sure um i didn't get it and i felt i did feel like people were being classist yes um and as a poor young person myself i took exception to that i didn't think that it was right to 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 vilify her whatever happened happened but it felt like they were focusing on really weird aspects of tanya Mm -hmm. harding and that that is that is in the movie as well like because she was poor and she's trash, that's why she's a bad person. Like I didn't, I didn't understand, and my little, my little girl brain couldn't make that fit. Right. So I didn't like Nancy Kerrigan because the way it was positioned was you had to pick one. Right. Oh yes. You couldn't be like, well, there's two sides to every story, and they're both wi- young women working hard in, a, in an industry. No, 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 it was you had to pick one. Right. Are you a Nancy? Or are you a Tanya? It was the Marilyn or Jackie of its time. Yeah. So. I I think that if this were to happen now, of course, you know, your 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 big media hubs are going to probably present it similarly. Sure. But you you could have blogs and sites. And right. You're going to have Jezebel is going to write an article defending Tanya Harding, you know, about like, yeah, yeah. And so I, 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 I felt a lot of shame watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like. Not not so much personal shame because I did if you if you had asked me I would have said like well I don't know Tanya Harding doesn't seem that bad but at like national shame like like for the way we our country treated Tanya Harding yes yeah and 
like I this this movie doesn't really leave you with a definitive like well this is what happened right this is what she was and wasn't involved in because I mean she's still she says she wasn't I was gonna say it's appropriate because it's still unknown and just this week they aired on NBC on I think ABC I watched it it was like a two-hour sit-down interview with Tanya Harding and her coach and some other people and it was all about it and it, it comes up again and I mean Tanya still basically maintains exactly what she always did which is no I didn't know anything until after the fact and even then I didn't know how how much it was but I you know and then but then they bring up that no somebody that they found a in her handwriting her having found out where Nancy practiced and so there's still questions and the movie doesn't dismiss them I mean the movie puts you on Tanya's side just because you can't not be the way they tell the story but it also doesn't completely I think like like I've read different things saying like it I think it redeems her it champions her but it still doesn't fully excuse that she very well may have committed a crime and like I'm so there's some really upsetting um scenes of abuse in in this movie that that i need to talk about yeah some of some of them when she's very very little yeah um and it's really upsetting and and as as a child of abuse myself i believe i mentioned it Mm -hmm. before it it hit home and it made me really upset and of course it makes me sympathize with her sure but i've never been the type of person that will because someone has suffered trauma and abuse as a as a child or a young person do i let that excuse their actions as an adult Mm -hmm. this is the thing that we need to remember she was still a kid she was a dumb kid if she's not going around doing shit like that now where she when she's an actual grown person we we were talking about about her like she was a 35 year old woman she was like 22 this, i think at the olympics she was, she was a, like a like a dumb little baby yeah. like she didn't she and like she i'm dropped not out of high school she she had a really bad no matter which way you cut it she didn't have a good foundation no. and i think that there needed to be a little bit more understanding whether oh, she yeah. was involved to the fullest capacity or not um if she said hey go and bang up this broad's leg so she can't mm-hmm. skate then i think that there should be a punishment for it but the again i'll say crucified the way that she yeah. was crucified for it i don't think matched no what what her involvement or what we thought her involvement was mm-hmm. I, I i just it felt very unfair and watching this it feels unfair oh yeah and i think that i mean that's something that you also have i've always heard in interviews and even the interview I watched with Tanya, there was always this sense of her kind of saying it's somebody else's fault. My shoelace broke. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my fault. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it, no, it wasn't her fault that that shoelace broke, but another skater might have had a backup right there and then, or another skater might've been practicing more to know that. Mm-hmm. And there is like, you, you get that sense from her, from interviews with her coaches of Tanya always wanted to blame somebody else. But at the same time, that's also a defense mechanism when you're growing up and you're, you know, and your mother is abusing you, you're doing everything you can to not be abused. So if you're going to say my brother did it, I didn't do it. Maybe mm-hmm. that's going to save you from being hit. Yeah, you're going to get into that habit. Yeah. Now, with the abuse. Now, did you what was your theater situation like? I'm curious. Was, um, was it a full theater? But- what uh, was the, the makeup of your crowd? 
That's a super good question. Um, it it was a very full theater. Mm-hmm, mine too. Um, like packed, packed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the more intense theater experiences that I've had. Okay. Um, everybody was completely in a hundred percent. Did you feel like you were on the younger end of your theater? No, I oh, feel okay. I was about average. There was a good showing of men and women. Um, Zach was like, it's going to be all old people. It wasn't. <laughs> um, it was, it was a, like a good cross section. I don't think there were like kids or anything, mm-hmm. but there were, there were people my age and maybe in their twenties. Okay. Um, there, the buy-in was a hundred percent, almost from the beginning. Yep. Um, people were pin drop quiet. Like, like I've, like I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Um, but people chuckled at the right things. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the knife scene. Yeah. Every, everybody gasped. Yep. Mine, like, mine too. <gasps> like stunned silence. Um, this is a, it's a it, it's a testament to how engaging this movie is. Yeah, I had a very similar experience. It was packed. It was, I mean, we felt like the youngest people were probably late twenties, and we kind of made a joke yeah. of like, "Oh, it's everybody that remembers this this event." And my my fear going into this movie. Oh, and if you have to add, there was a there was a woman sitting next to me, and she was like maybe around my age. I have never seen somebody more sensitive to violence. Every oh, single yeah. time, like, not just the knife throw, but, like, when Tanya fell on the ice, this woman, oh, and she would just curl into herself like a turtle <laughs> and put oh, her no. hands over her eyes. It was the cutest thing, and it made me really worried. I'm like, oh, my God, this woman should never see anything that isn't rated G. She was, Let's make sure she doesn't leave her house anymore. She was so upset by everything. But um, something I had heard going into this that I was I, that I was concerned about was... I had, like, seen, like, it dropped here and there in different reviews and stuff saying, like, oh, it kind of, it um, humorizes abuse or that it trivializes abuse. And so, yeah, exactly. Because nah. I, then I sit down and watch this movie and I think, no, it's, nobody in my theater laughed when Alice and Janney pushed her six-year-old daughter off the chair. No, 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 no. It's, People were uncomfortable. Yeah, it's and done pe- in a yeah. really, like, dark humor way where it's staged almost as if you know in in another movie that would have been a funny like sight gag yeah like but it's gag. but it's mm-hmm. not like it's not funny and the same with the spousal abuse it's it be i think the movie does an interesting job of making it of not of normalizing it in this person's life to where she grew up with this she married into this this mm-hmm. is what she knew. This was a part of her life. But it's never, it, it didn't lighten it. It just made it that much more disturbing to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has my my favorite line of the movie that I think is so telling to so much is when it's when Margot Robbie is Tanya as an older woman being interviewed. She says, you know, I got hit my whole entire life. People hit me and nobody cared. Nancy Kerrigan gets hit once and the entire yep. world just stops everything. Mm-hmm. Um, a hundred percent. And that, I found that line really, um, affecting Mm -hmm. for sure. So another interesting thing about my theater, and I'm curious if yours was the same, I might start crying. So just bear with me. I I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so, (laughs) oh God, what's wrong with me? So, so the movie ends and it goes right to footage of actual Tanya skating. Yeah. And nobody moved. Nope. 
just like nobody got up no like people get up when they know there's gonna be like marvel end credits sure nobody moved nobody got up and i just sat there and i weeped yeah oh when i came home from this movie um i spent a good hour watching uh figure skating watching tanya and then some other like figure skating from 1994 mm-hmm but yeah, I mean, I watched I just, her Jurassic, her, her, this is the one thing that made me sad was like, because the movie does such a good job as far as costumes yep. and matching exactly what Tanya looked like, what Nancy looked like, like not just, not facially, like Margot Robbie does not look like Tanya Harding. No, she no, never no. looks like her, except she looks like her at one moment of the movie. And it's not that she looks like her, it's that she nails exactly the way Tanya Harding's face was after she um what is it it's after she skated I can't remember if it was if it was nationals it is it's when she finishes at the 94 nationals and she finishes her skate and it's that moment when Allison Janney is watching it in the diner and says I just want to see her face and I feel like it's such a telling moment because to me that's that's Lavanda saying I want to see if she's guilty and I can tell by looking at her but mm-hmm. the this particular smile that Margot Robbie has, if you go back and watch that performance, it's that smile. She found a way only in her smile to suddenly be Tanya Harding. And it's fascinating because it's such a great, like, um, it reminds me of on the good. Do you watch the good place? No, but I, okay. I, was, you I should think about starting. There's yeah. one moment in the season finale of season one where Ted Danson does something with his face that is the most incredible facial acting I've ever seen an actor do. And like that, this is now the second one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the, because there, I mean, Tanya Harding was a motherfucking amazing figure skater. Yeah. And she was not allowed to be as good as she could have been. And as much as for a lot of stupid reasons that have to do with both her life and what figure skating is still kind of and was at mm-hmm. that time. It, yeah. I mean, not not to go on like my figure skating rant, which I'll I can't help you, but do. You can, okay. You can. Um, and by the way, if you want to hear more of a figure skating rant, I did record, as you saw, a bonus episode with Andy of Night of the Living podcast. Um, on this movie and on figure skating. He's like as big I, a figure skating I did see that betrayal. I know, and you were jealous. I'm like, no, 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 we talk more about figure skating. <laughs> so it's, believe me, no, I, like I, I said, I can talk about this movie for hours. Um, but here's some figure skating ner- nerdity to, for you. Nancy Kerrigan um, was not rich, did not come from a rich background. Mm-hmm. And she happened to come from a, she was a working class background. Her family was into hockey. She had a stable family. She had a lot of enough talent, not as much raw talent as Tanya, but she had a lot of talent and she was basically taken under the right people's wings and was able to adjust to what they wanted. She had her teeth fixed. She had her nose fixed. You know, she had costumes made for her by Vera Wang. And then you have Tanya who never had anybody be able to do those things for her. Mm -hmm. And so Nancy goes out with, with all of the, 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 skills and kind of you know what you can learn with this added ice princess thing that figure skating judges wanted especially then still want now but not quite as badly and you have tanya who can't be what figure skating judges want her to be yeah um and you know it's it is that part of it is a tragedy because there's no other sport like that where uh you know where this where you can be the best 
in the world and still not be considered the best because of reasons that have nothing to do with the talent and athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and the when she says to the judge, the moment when she confronts the judge and uh, says, you know, suck my dick. Apparently, Tanya Harding never <laughs> said she never said that to a judge. But the moment when, when she says, "Well, give me five thousand dollars, so I don't have to make my own costumes," she did say mm-hmm. to a judge. After they said, "Well, maybe if you looked more the part, you'd do better." Fuck you, mm-hmm. figure skating. What co- you are, you are so complicated. <sighs> yeah. Oh, but yes. yeah, that was the other sound cue that I. The one thing missing in terms of the authenticity is Tanya Harding at the 1994 Olympics in her long program. She skated to the music from Jurassic Park, and I guess are they couldn't s- get the rights. Are you for that. serious? I didn't, didn't know that. that? You can go look it up. Oh, I'll put it on the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, you can watch the enti- her entire performance. You can watch it with the shoelace and then without the shoelace afterwards. Or with the replacement shoelace. No, her, she skated to the instrumental, the main theme from Jurassic Park. And I tell you, I cannot watch Jurassic Park and hear the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Every time, my first instinct is to think about Tanya Harding in that purple and white dress. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know. I did not know that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and again, I guess they didn't get the rights to that, which probably would have been more expensive than the rest of the movie, quite possibly. Yeah. Well, you know, it still worked even without that. Yeah. Uh, Alice and Janney. Oh <laughs> yeah. President? Can we vote her for president? She, she was president? really good in this. She's so good in this. Now I like that she wasn't afraid to be awful. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. And just. <laughs> Biting and mean. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you a really hard question. Oh, no. Best supporting actress, Allison Janney or Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird? I can't answer that. Why would you even ask me to? I know. I know. Um, did you see Allison Janney at the Golden Globes? Yes! She had the little, she had a bird on her shoulder. Know, it was adorable. I know. It was adorable. Um, they, they were both really, really great. Um, I don't know. Yeah. They it's were okay. Both great for different reasons. It's very different reasons, and I really hope that they tie and they both get to go up there and receive awards because they both deserve it. Um, really, really, really great. Um, yeah, everybody was really good in this movie. Um, Allison Janney obviously was phenomenal. Um, I, I love Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. I thought she did a tremendous job. Um, she produced this also, yep. which I appreciate. Um, but Sebastian Stan. Hmm. Um, for moments in this movie, I forgot it was him. I forgot it was him the entire time. Yeah. Did you uh, ever even know? No, I'm kidding. I know, I, going knew. in, I knew. If, <laughs> honestly, if I didn't, I don't think I ever would have realized who it was. Yeah, because, I mean, he, I felt like I knew who it was. And I, when he first came on screen, I was like, oh, look at Sebastian Stan with that mustache. <laughs> um, but, like, it would, like, kind of go in and out where mm-hmm. I would be like, he oh he looks familiar oh that's because it's Sebastian Stan and then I forget again he was really really good yeah and I think this movie found a way to make Jeff Galuli a, a very I don't want to say like interesting character because he's because part of it is that he's not part of it is that he's not he's a he's a dumb guy who, but it was so compelling and watchable yes that's it that's it that's a better word for it I mean he was you know he was a a dumb guy. Who, and I forget how old he was, but, like, Tanya's, like, 16 when she meets him, and he is not 16. So, like, mm-hmm. right away, there's that power, you know, yep. shift. Uh, and he, you know, latches on to somebody 
who has far more ability and talent than he ever does. Mm-hmm. Um, it does abuse her, and that's yep. very few people would ever dispute that that happened. There are different takes on who, sh- you know, whether he fired a gun at her and all these other things, but nobody really says he was not an abusive husband to her. And, you know, the movie doesn't, um, because I guess they, I think they might have interviewed him in part for it. It The movie kind of presents it as if he's also giving his side of the story. And it's a pathetic guy who, who ultimately knows he's pathetic. Yeah. I really that, hope he can, he does not have a portal to Korea to become a giant robot monster. Cause he like that insecure fragility. Exactly. Yeah. hundred <clears throat> percent. Um, and so I forget the actor, but whoever is playing Sean Eckert. Oh boy. It's here's the thing, guys. You might think all of that stuff gets like a little too silly and a little too cartoonish. They show clips of it at the end. I was going to say, go, you can YouTube the Diane Sawyer interview with him. That's it. That's he it. was that big of an idiot. And, and the way they planned it, you know, the whole, um, uh, okay. So when Bobby Cannavale plays sort of like the, um, veteran reporter who's talking yep. about what it was like covering it. And when he's showing the video of how the getaway car, like kept parking and moving and parking and moving, <laughs> like uh-huh. the way he's like, here's what's true and not true about that. It's true that he did that. It's not, it's like, Oh no, he didn't move every 15 minutes. He moved every 30 minutes. Like, no, but he moved every 30 fucking minutes. Like this was this, these were cartoon s characters operating the dumbest plan that you can imagine and again like it's becoming national news for it and and i mean what's his name um i forget the the uh, derek i can't i can't believe i'm angry at myself for forgetting anything about this case but so the guy who actually clubs nancy like no he really did use his head to break the glass because the door was locked because he didn't know how to get out of the building yep seems like an odd choice yeah it's it was a, you understand this was a crazy weird story in an era where we didn't have access to you know you you turn on your phone today and you go to the news thing and i know it filters depending on like what they think you read and stuff but like you always get like the two major stories and then you get some crazy story about i don't know a 10 year old boy who murdered his mother and then made a puppet out of her foot i don't know Mm-hmm. That probably didn't happen. I think we'd all know about that better. My point is, today a crazy news story happens, and it's one of how many crazy news stories that you could read on any given day. In 1994, we only had access to what they were giving us, and this is what they were giving us, and it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And the movie like makes it you understand why it was so fascinating. For sure. Um, one thing that did bother me. I feel like you should, if you're making a movie and you have, okay, don't put a clock in your movie, like, in a, in a scene, because I'm always going to get distracted by it. Yeah. And all of Bobby Cannavale's scenes are him at a desk talking, and behind him is a wall clock, and I couldn't help but look at it, because it's, like, positioned in a way over his head, and it stays on the same time the entire, it, all of his interviews, it's at the exact same time, and that just really annoyed me. Oh, you know, I honestly didn't notice that. That's good. And, you should notice I, that. I seems like really something distracted. that I would have noticed. I'm not happy I noticed it. It was just, like, there, and I couldn't shake it, and it drove me crazy. 
Um, the something I appreciate about this movie, and we kind of mentioned it earlier with Colossal, is so when this was happening and Tanya Harding was the butt of David Letterman jokes and uh-huh. ev- everything you can think of, people were just mocking Tanya Harding. One of the things that one of like the jokes that always started happening was the joke of her being fat. Yeah. You can't be fat and be a figure skater. Doesn't yeah, happen. And it was just this, like, again, such a mean culture thing that happened of people making fun of her weight when she was a figure skater. She was never fat. And I like that mm-hmm. this one of the things, this movie is in many ways respectful of not stooping to some of those levels. So there's never, like, a fat joke about Tanya. Um, and there's never, like, they also don't get into things you do that happened that maybe were of interest but you didn't need to like there was the sex tape of their wedding night which was released probably by Jeff Galuli a couple of years after this all happened Mm -hmm. like they don't go into that they don't because you don't we don't need to deal with Mm -hmm. that in this movie yeah I agree um uh was it everything you hoped it would be pretty much yeah. yeah yeah Uh, It also made me really hungry for other movies about figure skaters. Yeah. Um, They mention during the movie when at one point when they're just kind of listing off scores, they mention Surya Bonali. Do you remember Surya Bonali? Not really, but once you... You will when I start talking about her. She was French. She was black. She did a... She could do a... Her signature move was a backflip and she would land on one foot. Okay, that sounds familiar. Yeah. She was, might be my favorite figure skater of all time. And she was a peer of Tanya's. They skated at the same time. She came in fourth or fifth at the 94 Olympics, I think. And she was also somebody who was an incredible athlete um, who did not connect with judges in figure skating. Mm -hmm. And she was constantly lowballed. And there was a moment she went, I think it was actually the world's, championship it might have been 1994 the same olympic year at the world's championship she was scored she felt she was scored very low and so she defiantly took her medal off on the podium and then at the next olympics she came back at the 98 olympics and knew that she had like lost while skating like she knew she wasn't landing her jumps and she knew she wasn't gonna win so she she skated the rest of her program she threw in her backflip even though it wasn't a move she was allowed to be doing and then Mm -hmm. she landed with her back to the to the judges and her face to the audience i want a movie about her well yeah that sounds good pitch that to somebody i'm i'm trying but my cats don't seem to be moving on that production company (laughs) that they promised me a year ago so you know what are you gonna do yeah. But so, so what else what else do you have to say? What else you got? Um I'm 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 like busting at the seams. That what else do I have? Oh, oh, oh. Julianne Nicholson is fantastic in this movie. Wait, who is that? She plays Tanya's coach. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. And it, um you know, she's like the way we're introduced, the way we meet Tanya ice skating is a great scene because it's uh, Allison Janney takes a like three-year-old Tanya to the ice and is trying to get her daughter into skating lessons. Allison Janney is standing there smoking a cigarette on ice, which is a beautiful image. And little adorable Tanya is skating, and you just see this coach realize this this kid's got something. And it's a great 
contrast because um you know this woman who was tanya's coach for a very long time was so different from what tanya grew up in a trailer home she grew up hunting and you know she wasn't a lady and i mean the movie drills that in but her Mm -hmm. coach was and i think and again part of this is because i've seen that coach give interviews and man she captures her voice and this very proper way of speaking and holding herself beautifully. And it's just one of those, like, interesting, like, oh, clearly she watched footage of this woman and knew exactly who she was playing. And I don't think it comes it comes across well in the movie because it's not a caricature, but it's such a clear differentiator to the world that Lavanda and Tanya come from. <laughs> Lavanna, not Lavanda. I kept saying Lavanda. It's okay. It was close. It'd be a good, again, I know I say this a lot, but Lavanda would be a good kitten name. Aw. Right? You don't say that a lot. Oh, Not I, to me, at least. In my daily life, I do. <laughs> I need to keep, like, a Google Doc of all my potential kitten names, because eventually, one day, I, I might have to name another kitten, you know? <gasps> That's true. One day. Just because my, my cats might multiply. Not that they're, they'll ever die. My cats are going to live forever. That's true. We've all had this talk. They, they all understand what they're required to do. Anyway. Yeah. Do you have more to say? Um, I really liked it. It was very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, the performances were great. Yep. Um, I'm super glad I saw it in the theater. I would like to see it again once it's available. Do you like, think it's going own. to um, bring back some fashion trends from that era? Oh, I hope not. I think scrunchies are coming back. I really think Oof. they're coming back. Scrunchies were never a good look. I don't know why. I had scrunchies, man. I don't know why good grown women were rocking scrunchies. Who thought that was a good idea? See, my problem with scrunchies is, because, um, I mean, I I have no problem with them from a fashion point of view. My problem is they don't hold my hair no, well. No, they don't hold your hair. I mean, how did they hold Tanya's so, hair? So you have a lot of hair. You're putting in a, a rubber band, like an, a hair elastic, and then you're putting a scrunchie over it. Is that how you were supposed to be doing it? I mean, that's how yeah. I did it if I wanted my hair to stay up. I would, yeah, I just, I guess I would just do mine really tight and then it would defeat the purpose of it being a scrunchie. And then it would be like pulled really tight so it wouldn't have that like fluffy Yeah. look. I used to wear them on my wrist. Oh, always. Yeah. Like, just like, I'm not even wearing my hair up today. Put that scrunchie on my wrist. Oh, well, I would also wear it as an emergency in case I had to put my hair back. But I'm yeah. very... I mean... I, like, I think if I ever go to hell, one of the ways they're going to torture me is that I'm going to have to be doing something physical and I can't tie my hair back. Ugh, Or I'll, like, worst. constantly be going to do it and then the hair tie is going to break in my hands. There constantly. was a while. I usually try to, like, the directive is cut as much off as you want but i have to be able to pull it back mm, yeah and there was one one haircut where i was like fuck it cut all my hair off and i couldn't pull it into a ponytail and this is when i was going to the gym a lot and i couldn't do anything like i would just sweat and my hair would stick oh, to my face yeah i see i keep like randomly I i'm like i should it, cut so. my hair and then i think it's gonna be harder to put back oh god pieces are gonna fall at me and it just it's very scary for me no i get that yeah no, no need to cut your hair short okay thanks <laughs> i'm glad we had this conversation <laughs> have you ever been ice skating um once how'd that go is that how uh, you actually hurt your back <laughs> no i don't think so so i went ice skating once and i loved it let me tell you how I ice skate. My left foot stays immobile, and my right foot 
kicks like I'm on a skateboard. Ooh, I like that method. <laughs> I'm doing it wrong. No, so I, 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 you're doing it. That's all that matters. So I don't know if I actually, like, I can't actually ice skate. But, like, that one time, it was pretty good. I felt pretty accomplished. I, I like it. Um, I, I've, I've tried ice skating twice. If you can imagine, like, anybody who knows me knows, like, I'm really clumsy. If you can imagine the worst case scenario, like, yes, that twice. Um, so the first time I went ice skating, my favorite memory of that day um, was when I, like, you know how, like, at an ice skating rink, there's the people that work at the ice skating rink, and they skate around helping people that fell, yeah. and, like, you know? So I made that guy fall. I fell, and he Ooh, tried helping me up, and I somehow made him fall. And then the other time, my way of ice skating um, is not quite your method. My method is to put both feet on the ice, and then it doesn't really matter what the feet do. Because really, your arms are doing all the work. Because, <laughs> you know, what you do is you lean to your right and you grip around the bar that goes all around the ice skating rink. And you uh, just use that bar and you use your arms to move yourself throughout the you ice know rink. What? That's how I roller skate. So Yeah, it, it works, you know. Here's when it doesn't work. It doesn't work when they ring the bell for the Zamboni, for everybody to get off the ice so the Zamboni can come in and clean the ice. Because you're not supposed to be on the ice at that point, which is fine. I was happy to get off the ice. The problem was I was halfway across the rink, and yep. the exit was halfway across. And so everybody else just skates out to the exit. And skates, I, of course. Yeah, I just shrug, and I keep, with my little hands, I keep just inching myself over. And people are shouting at me to come, like, as if I'm supposed to just let go and skate in the middle of the ice without anything to hold on to. And I don't even, I just shrug and I keep moving myself. So much to the point mm -hmm. where they opened a separate door for me to go out. Oh, so, no. Yeah. Um, needless to say, uh, I never landed a triple axle. Like most figure skater, female figure skaters in the world. That's true. You know? Only, so now I think it's... It's Tanya Harding. Midori Ito did it first. Then it was Tanya Harding. Then it was um, uh, 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 Mawasada from Japan, who did it also at the Olympics. There was a, another American who I think did it in competition once, and there's a Russian who can do it. So there's been like a handful, and Tanya Harding mm -hmm. was one of them. And I like that this movie celebrates that and says, like, it was a big fucking deal that Tanya Harding can do a triple axel. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, there I don't know if it's available anywhere, but in 1994, 1995, I don't know if it was the same year, um, Tanya and just trying to find. Was it 1994? No, uh, here. OK, I'm trying to find they made a made for TV movie, you know, that was very much a cash grab of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting it right in the moment. But. It actually did a lot. A lot of what's in there you do see in Itania, as far as the way the, the specific anecdotes about Tanya's mother beating mm -hmm. her with a hairbrush, things like that, the coach. Um, and what's really fun about it, so it was 1994, so it's the same year all this was happening. They made a TV movie called Tanya and Nancy, The Inside Story. And um, Nancy was played. Do you know who played Nancy Kerrigan? No. Nancy Kerrigan was played by Heather Lagenkamp. Oh really? Yep. Wait, maybe I did know that. Yep. That that doesn't sound foreign to me. Yep. 
So that I it might be on YouTube somewhere. It's also on VHS tape somewhere at Mr. and Mrs. Intravia's house. So of course. I got a spot because of course I recorded it. And I, I remember at like CVS, there was like a paperback, um, unauthorized biography of Tanya Harding. I read that too. All of mm-hmm. these things. Of course. So it's a it's a fun trip down memory, memory lane for those of us who have such a close relationship with the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the movie's just good. It's funny. It's really funny. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's it exceeded my expectations. Yeah, because I went in by the. I was so excited for this movie, obviously, but by the time I got to see it, I had heard you know different reviews and different conversations out there, and the negatives I had heard, like I said, was some people saying that it trivialized abuse, which it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then others kind of saying, like, oh, it's a little bit gimmicky that it kind of does that, like, Goodfellas-style narration and stuff. Eh. And, like, it does that, but it doesn't – it feels right for this story. It doesn't feel gimmicky. No, it, it really didn't for me. And it's really entertaining. And I think you can have zero interest in figure skating and possibly zero knowledge of this event – 100% agree with you. Yeah. And I think you could, because apparently when Margot Robbie read the screenplay, like, she didn't know this was real. Oh, my God. That angel. Right? But, I mean, she was Australian. Figure skating's and not popular there. She's a little bit younger than She's us, She's a little too. younger, so she didn't grow up with it. And, like, she just assumed it was, like, here's this, you know, hotshot indie comedy about this. And I think that really speaks to the quality of the film that it mm-hmm. kind of over, you know works with that it it can stand alone totally you know yeah um i forgot to mention so it's written by um steve stephen rogers not captain america but another (laughs) uh good thing you made that he might be captain america for all we know um who also he has has like a really interesting filmography so he wrote hope floats which Mm -hmm. is it's been a very long i've only saw it once but that's a movie that you feel like probably started with a lot of bite and then got tempered down yeah, because if you that opening of that movie where it's the talk show and all that, like there's some like crazy black comedy going on in there, and then it kind of fizzles out. Um, he wrote Stepmom, Earthly Possessions, Kate and Leopold, mm-hmm. P.S. I Love You, and Love the Coopers. So it's like they're not the most um, like cutting edge screenplays, but again, I I get the feeling that there was more to a lot of them than what ended up on screen. Yeah. Um, and Craig Gillespie is the director, and he did, I guess his big thing was Lars and the Real Girl. Yes, which I did enjoy. Yeah. And the Fright Night remake, which I think has a lot of which good I things loved. going for yes. it. yes. Yeah. It, it's not, I for- not perfection, but there's a lot of good things in that movie. Uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, meh. But then we rewatched it, and I was like, man, this really was good. Yeah. There's, there's that movie does some things really well. Like, the way mm-hmm. it kind of, ha- like, the setting of it being, like, suburban Las Vegas is kind of cool. and Yeah. Yeah, so um, good on both of them. Congratulations right. to you all. Good job, guys. Job well done. So now um, our rating system, obviously, we're going to use old school figure skating um, oh. judging. So, you know, 6.0 or 5.8 and so on. For um, I'm not prepared for, for this. technical merit, you know, and for artistic merit. Okay, fine. Okay. No, we can do it. <laughs> No, figure skating judging changed, and I still don't fully understand it, and I've been watching it a lot. Oh, interesting. You know, like, they don't do five point, it's not out of six anymore. Yeah, I I think I noticed that when, when, because I, did I say this to you on this show already? (laughs) Because you guys were watching it. 
we were watching it and i and even zach was like what the what are they yeah. doing and i was like look i don't know well it's it's actually a, it's a great figure skate it's like such a definitive figure skating reason for why they don't so if you remember at the 2006 or 2 olympics there was um for pairs figure skating this canadian pair did a beautiful beautiful um long program and they got the silver medal and a Russian couple who had a lot of mistakes in their routine got the gold. Mm-hmm. And it was very like weird where nobody could look at that and say, wait, some like that can't be right. So then it turned out they investigated and sure enough, one of the judges had made a deal with a ju- somebody judging another separate competition that basically they would bump it up so that Russia would win the gold medal. Whoa, I don't know any of oh, that. Yeah. So afterwards, so then they like changed everything. So they gave them both gold medals and it became this, like they looked at it, they're like, all right, there's a problem because figure skating judges really weren't held accountable for anything. Yeah. Like they could just kind of slap scores out. And in fairness, that's one thing that I had forgotten is that Tanya Harding, for as much as she was mistreated by judges in figure skating, at the Olympics, she was actually judged fairly um at least at the 94 olympics when you looked at her scores you were like oh no those are actually higher than you would have expected based on everything mm-hmm. um but so what happened was they figured out that they needed to actually make it mathematical and so now figure skating there's like every element that a figure skater does has like a base value and then you can add points to it so mm-hmm. it's a it's a more technical system where it's much harder for judges to overtly favor certain skaters yeah it which still happens, happens. It's which is obviously good, but for like just the average person watching it, it's like I don't understand no. any of this. Yeah. Oh, that person's in the lead now. Great. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and they they've tried to find ways to explain it, but like, and I understand they do a thing where they'll show like all the different moves that a skater is doing, and they'll keep like a running tab of how many points they have compared to yep. the leader, and if their element like was approved or not. Yeah. But I then, like, once that. they give the numbers, the numbers still kind of feel really arbitrary. So yeah, it's a problem in the sport, but you know, um, keep us have, posted yes. on it. Well, the Olympics are coming up, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> like just like three weeks away, four weeks away, three weeks away. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You don't know how much this means to me. Every four years, I get really excited for this particular event. Anyway, on that note, quality of film out of 10. You go first. Uh, I'm going to say 8.5. Um, yeah, same. Okay. Quality of life. 8.5. For me, it's a 9 because this brought back so many great memories and yeah. led me down a YouTube path of sequin glory, which I recommend everybody does. Um, I'll and, see if I can find some clips and put them on there. I was going to say, post something up on the on the um, page. Um, also, if I were to watch this again, my scores would probably be higher. Yep, I could see that. So. Good time. All right. So, yeah, um, I really hope people go out and see it. Uh, yes, please. You know. and, and again, it's is it, it's not something you have to see in the theater, but I think it's good enough that it merits a trip. So Definitely. Yep. All right. So instant recommendations for streaming. What you got? Um, so I, this is not really a real recommendation. This is just more me explaining what I've done with my time. Um, <laughs> I watched both seasons of The Magicians, which is a show, a sci-fi show that is currently streaming on Netflix. I always I see it, it advertised when I watch Face Off. Dude, I watched, I watched both those seasons and maybe like 
three weeks. I was sick. I had, I, and I wasn't really as active because I had been so sick, but I tore through those and love it dearly. Nice. And it's a, an amazing show. And if you have even the most passing interest and in like supernaturally TV, like it's do it. Watch supernaturally it. like capital S the show supernatural or lowercase no. S like the genre, the genre. Okay. Um, Cause it's about like, like spells and witchcraft and stuff. And it's clearly, like, kind of a play on Harry Potter, but okay. it's also, like, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is which is very interesting to me. And it's it's not as, like, mid-grade young adult as you would expect. It's a, it's a, apparently the books are adult and the show is for adults, kind of. Okay. So there's, like, swearing and, like, sexual situations and drugs and drinking. Cool. Like, so, like, it's, I don't know, but, like, it's still goofy because there's, like you know fawns fawn creatures and like <laughs> like they're figure skating oh let me think no sorry that's okay but i don't know I'm, i can't seriously recommend it to anybody but like i fucking love it nice okay well why not um my rec- you know after talking about colossal i think i'm just gonna go back on what i said and say my recommend is the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror. Oh, okay. Because I think it it really like <laughs> makes a good good companion to Colossal because mm-hmm. it is just very much about exploring this idea of the kind of nice belaggered, you know, oh that poor nerdy guy who um you know, you can have sympathy for, but if your nature and your response to not having the world work out for you is to do terrible things to people. Um, you know, that's a problem. And so this, this it's an hour 15, so it's almost like a full-length movie. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'll, give it a go. Look, I'll watch it. Um, I'd like to say it stars Jesse Plemons, not Matt Damon. <laughs> uh, duly noted. Okay, good. Uh, all right, so do you have any uh, thoughts, any urges, any um, desires on what you want to cover next time? I have no idea. Okay. Well, we're going to think about that and we will tell all of you people when we know for sure what that is. Uh, I I don't know yet if we're going to record before the Olympics or during the Olympics, but I do want to make sure I say happy Olympics season to everybody. I don't want to not have have said that. Joyous Olympic season to you all. And to all a good night. (laughs) All of those things and more.